Hi, I'm Hallie Evelyn, and welcome to another episode of Goddess of Crypto. I am holding a physical Bitcoin. It looks like a real coin. It's gold and shiny. It's got a big B on it. But basically, it's fake, and it probably cost around $10, and it was given to me as a gift. The sacred divine feminine is creative, abundant, flowing, receiving, and disruptive. And the new energy of money, including cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and even the metaverse, is all these things too. Welcome to the Goddess of Crypto, a weekly show where women who are already in this powerful space will cover these topics simply, so you can relax into knowing that the future of finance is female. This is part of the new energy of money. This is a coin, yet it isn't an actual coin. It is a representation. It's more like an art representation of the money it represents. I know that sounds like a really convoluted way of explaining it, but Bitcoin and all crypto doesn't actually exist in physical form. Money is changing and evolving, and a physical Bitcoin is just basically a piece of art. It's almost like the artist Andy Warhol drawing a picture of a dollar. At that point, it's not physical money, it's art. When I refer to the new energy of money, I want to explain the distinction here between what we used to think of as money and what we're going to be thinking of as money, because it's really very different. Let's look at U.S. dollars. It used to be you had a penny or a nickel or a dime or a quarter or paper denominations, usually from $1 to $100 in common circulation. That was before we had digital currency. Now that we have digital currency, our coins and our paper money are still legal tender, spendable and savable, yet most of our money is digital. As cryptocurrency gets adopted, the coins are actually not going to be important anymore because everything has been turned into ones and zeros, computer programming, like all our money. You don't think about this very often, but that's the way currency exists because it's all digital already. People don't realize you can't go down to the bank and get your million dollars out. You'd have to make an appointment. And they'd have to arrange for the money to be sent physically, a million dollars in cash, a hundred thousand dollars in cash. My local bank said to me, if I wanted more than three thousand dollars, I had to order it. Think about how recently that has changed. Start thinking about your money in terms of being digital, even when you can physically hold it in your hand. Most of what you have in your bank account is digital. It exists only inside of a computer. And physical coins are eventually going to start going away. They're here now, but maybe in 20 years, they probably won't be. We've been saving our change for years at my house. We found out there was a change shortage. We brought it to the bank and we turned it in. It took us ages to roll it up and to count it. And then they had to bring out all these counter boxes and stick them in. They had little scoop sections so they could lay in the rolls of the quarters, the nickels, the dimes, and the pennies. Each one needed separate boxes. And the whole thing was extremely heavy. It took me two trips to bring it into the bank, even with another person helping. It was still two trips to get it in the bank, and then it took about a half an hour to count it there. And ultimately, over like eight years of really 
diligently saving our change, we had under $1,500. And physically, it was extremely burdensome. Now, when the Templars started their first banking system, they did it because gold was really hard to carry, especially in a decent quantity from like France to Jerusalem. You could be set upon on the way by bank robbers or pirates, road pirates who would steal all your money. So when you started being able to have an IOU at one end, and turn that piece of paper in at the other. So your money was in France. It was being held there. You would take that piece of paper to Jerusalem. You would hand it in, and they would give you the equivalent of that in gold. That way you weren't in danger from carrying money. And as we go forward, we're evolving also because this idea of cryptocurrency is enabling people who do not normally have access to bank accounts do not have access to physical ID, like, oh, you need a driver's license or a passport to do this. Actually, no, you don't. All you need is two cell phones and two crypto wallets. Cryptocurrency is available to people who normally don't have access to create an ID or create a bank account. Some people in Cuba, for example, or people in countries where their currency has collapsed, have been able to make a lot of money by using cryptocurrency for the very reason that it's digital. All you really need is a phone and almost everyone has one of those. So crypto is actually going to make things a whole lot easier. It's going to make banking a lot easier for the world, but it will not involve a physical representation of money except as art, except as a really cool picture of a Bitcoin that you can carry around, but you will not be able to spend, which is too bad. If I could go out and take this one Bitcoin and spend it on like a $40,000 car, that would be pretty awesome. The money itself that each Bitcoin represents will be worth somewhere between $40,000 and $50,000 or more by the time you hear or see the show. And several big financial companies have recently said they thought Bitcoin was going to be worth $150,000 a coin or more eventually. The people I know who hold Bitcoin say it's probably going to be worth a half million dollars or a million dollars a Bitcoin. And that's an increase in value, current value versus future value, that's causing people to be so excited about Bitcoin. Many are so excited about other cryptocurrencies that are coming or already exist that will also be worth more. And that's what's really making people so excited. It's making millionaires all the time. It's also causing people to lose fortunes, depending on when you buy and sell, of course. Many people are acting from fear because of the big cycle swings, and they forget this is not new. I'm a big fan right now of Gilded Age, which is the new series by Julian Fellows, the guy that did Downton Abbey. I watched an episode the other day where somebody committed suicide because they lost their fortune overnight. Apparently, that episode of Gilded Age is based on a real-life incident where somebody who had a fortune from creating railroads drove several old money millionaires out of business, and some of them committed suicide. We forget that as the Industrial Revolution was making new millionaires, some of the old millionaires were losing their way, and some were losing all their money. We think this is like the only time we've seen these hugely volatile numbers happen. But this is what Wall Street was like a century ago. And also, Wall Street then was fairly new. So there was a lot of speculation, and people lost fortunes very quickly. When the railroads came into being, for example, there was a lot of speculation on a new form of transport, 
Fortunes were made and lost overnight. And now we have the wild, wild west of crypto, as I keep referring to it. It's also really interesting to see that the basics of cryptocurrency are evolving. So Bitcoin was created to spend originally, and yet it's really become more of a store of value than a currency to spend and receive. The apocryphal story about Bitcoin is that in 2010, a guy named Laszlo Hanez, something like that, spent 10,000 Bitcoins at Papa John's to buy himself two pizzas. Back then, his Bitcoins were only worth 40 bucks. And the deeper details of the story are, of course, no one took Bitcoin at the time. Laszlo posted online and paid someone in Bitcoin who acted as an intermediary and bought him two pizzas on a credit card. Today, that Bitcoin would be worth over $400 million. So we've really already seen this huge evolution where Bitcoin has made not just millionaires, but billionaires. It was the first wave. It will not be the last. And that's why it's so important to get into cryptocurrency now, even on just a small basis, because during the Wild West is where so much of the money will be made. Someone measures Bitcoin every October and every October, October over October, Bitcoin has gone up and up and up from nine cents in 2010 to over $40,000 now. I think over time we're going to see a significant increase because it was designed to fix the problems with cash money, fiat currency. It also has a limited number of coins, 21 million max, and now they've mined or created 90% of those coins. They say it will take another 100 years to mine the other 10%. So we are going to be looking at Bitcoin having a limited number of coins divisible up to a million units, which are called Satoshis, after the pseudonymous inventor of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshis are called SATs for short. You can divide each Bitcoin by one million SATs. So eventually with a limited supply, you can't just print more. They'll be able to mine that extra 10%. That's inside of the original 21 million. And I know people whose Bitcoins have been burned, destroyed. I've actually had Bitcoins that were stolen from me and those were burned. So I can't get them back. And there is a lot of that. I estimate you're probably looking at less than 20 million Bitcoin eventually total. So you have a limited number divisible by a million units. And that means those units will grow in value because there will never be any more of them. And you can buy a one millionth of a coin. So it has a very low barrier to entry. Since it will go up over time, it's a good store of value. Another well-known store of value is gold. So like gold, Bitcoin is being used as a hedge against inflation, against your money being worth less over time. And you can do something called dollar cost averaging, where you're putting like $50 a week or a month into Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency without regard for how much it's worth at that moment, knowing that over time, it's going to go up a lot more. So if you started with like $50 a month between now and whenever you stop that savings account, over time, your small savings could be worth a lot. That means a lot of people don't want to spend their Bitcoin because of that increase in value. It's really interesting to see there are a lot of people that hold Bitcoin for a long time. 
years. In fact, right now they say like 60% of all Bitcoin hasn't moved in a very long time. We'll see what happens over the next five years. I think there are other cryptocurrencies that are going to be used more as physical currencies to transact with because they won't be seen as a store of value. They won't be seen as going up over time. And then there are going to be cryptocurrencies that come and go because they just don't hold any real value over time. So, as always, do your own research. Don't take my word for anything. You're not here to really take anyone's word for anything. Double check all the information on your own before you make any moves. If you like this episode, I hope you will subscribe and you will share it with people, especially women. I feel the tsunami of the new energy of money coming, and I want you to be involved as early on as possible. Learn to ride the wave so you don't get knocked over by the tsunami. Until next time, I will see you on another episode of Goddess of Crypto. Every week, transformational wealth coach Hallie Evelyn leads a conversation that helps to ensure that women everywhere can learn to surf the coming tsunami of the new energy of money. You can find her at goddessofcrypto.me. That's goddessofcrypto.me. Be sure to subscribe to Goddess of Crypto on your favorite platform or watch the show on YouTube. And remember, wealth isn't just your privilege. It's your right.